This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Squarespace, the fastest, easiest, most convenient, and all-around best way to make your own website, portfolio, blog, or online store. Also, important, if you get a year of Squarespace, you will get a domain name tossed in there for free. So go to squarespace.com, use the promo code THUMBS for 10% off, and start making a totally sick-ass website. Any domain name. Mm-hmm. I mean... It has to be a real. It has to be real, and someone else can't already have it. Like Nick Cool. Nobody had that. They <laughs> until do now. They do now. Nick Museum. <laughs> your new Squarespace. That's, that's site. where. That's where your mom's journal pages <laughs> right, yeah. are officially hosted. Yeah. Or they're ensconced. Yeah, at Nick Museum, the Nick Brecken Museum. <laughs> you could be a friend of the Nick Brecken Museum. Choose the site of the Nick Brecken Museum. <laughs> Squarespace. Squarespace. <laughs> choose the site of the Nick Brecken Museum and choose well. You want a site that's yeah. mobile, responsive, <laughs> and also just off the right. freeway. Yeah. <laughs> of, and of personal significance to Nick Brecken. Mm. We've mm. bulldozed his parents' house and put the Nick Brecken <laughs> Museum. That's We've bulldozed we're. Nick's current apartment <laughs> and replaced it with a museum, museum to him. Museum. That'd be fine. <laughs> March 9th, 2016. This is Idle Thumbs 253. I'm pretty certain. And I'm Chris Remo. I think I'm Nick Brecken. I am absolutely positive that I am Jake Rodkin. I've never been more positive of anything in my life. That's what nice. a robot would say. <laughs> That's <laughs> what a robot would say. <laughs> I am Jake Rodkin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I am Jake Rodkin's uh, consciousness mm. encased in this <laughs> Nick Brecken Museum. <laughs> <laughs> You're the it's true. For I mean, it's true. It's true. Yeah. yeah, there would be animatronics of, of you guys in my museum. It's it's entirely true. And you'd press a button, and we would say the yeah. current date yeah. and our names. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, it's actually where I will just go to record the podcast. Eventually, you'll record the Nick Brecken Museum podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what? 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 Oh, video games. Oh, mm. museums. Yeah, I I have played some hours of Far Cry Primal. And man, <laughs> I I could not. Yeah, I know you tried. I tried to right? play that game. Yeah, and it just it wouldn't would launch. Not, it would reason. not launch. Yeah. Would you say? PC. Oh, it wouldn't launch. Yeah, it wasn't that like you bounced off it. It was no. the, like it bounced off your your it, yeah my, your sick rig. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, that you play thing not doing anyone any favors. No. Yeah. yeah. I had a few false starts thanks to you play, and then eventually I got it working somehow. Launching that game from Steam is like launching a piece of spyware where it just one window pops up then the next window pops up then another window pops up and then everything yeah. just closes down and you're like what's there's something on my computer now doing yeah. something but it's not a game it's i had the, ex- I had credit the experience card of <laughs> of thinking that i was like becoming even more absent-minded than i actually am because i would launch it and then something would come up and then the windows would just disappear and i would mm. sort of be distracted by something and then i'd look back and be like i could have sworn i launched far cry prime huh? that's weird <laughs> And then I'll have to do it two more times. And then eventually you right. play in Steam would like talk to each other correctly or whatever. And it would load. Anyway, stop, stop it, Ubisoft. Stop yeah. it with the Uplay. Nobody needs it. But at the end of the day, you played Far Cry Primal. I did. Oh, man. Speaking it lived of which. Up its name. Speaking of which. So <laughs> the uh, in the game, there are there's something called the, the, the Ubisoft Club, which is like a 
just a, a loyalty program club. or something. Yeah, it's been and, from well, that's my the grandfather thing. was a member. <laughs> like so, in the game, they you know this game has crafting and different weapons mm. and items and stuff. Mm. And there's an item in the game that's like this item is exclusive to the the Ubisoft club, and I didn't have it. And, and you I was ashamed. so certain that it was going to be a club. Like, because in this game, you hit people with clubs, and then it wasn't. It was like a shard that you throw right. at enemies, and I was really bummed out yeah, that's that the Ubisoft Club official item was not, was not the, the Ubisoft, Ubisoft Club. Club. <laughs> yeah. So that was a bummer. Um, anyway, as far as anyway, the that was Far Cry Primal. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's all you need to know. I mean, my ambivalence <clears throat> about the Ubisoft Club is... You could, you could translate it out. I, sure. It's at this point, I feel like it's hard to not be ambivalent about mainline Ubisoft games, just in general. The playing playing an Ubisoft open world game at this point, it's not so much that it's like specifically Far Cry or specifically Assassin's Creed has you know an annualized franchise strategy. It's like Ubisoft itself is that, and I'm just playing Ubisoft 2016 right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's... Yep. All, the Assassin's Creed and Far Cry franchises have approximated each other so much to the point that now even Far Cry can apparently just take place in, like, any historical era as well. Far Cry Primal is set in... So you just get the first person or the third the person s- one, and that's, like... <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> you know, this is a Stone Age set game, which is a really cool idea, actually, and I you like know, that component of it a lot. I actually want to mention something that um, was sort of circulating around the internet. Somebody noticed that the map of Far Cry 4, if you overlay it on top of the map of Far Cry Primal, yeah. it is more or less identical. Like, the rivers and lakes are in the exact oh, same that's spot. that's not surprising to me at all. <laughs> which is not surprising, but then also made me, like, really sad that that, that, that wasn't part of, like, the right, lore that, that of the thing that you were actually same... playing in the you same spot. You don't think spot. that's going to be part of the lore? Oh, I hope it is. If I it really do. Before, it's going to be now. Now there's going to uh. be, like, Far Cry in between some era. <laughs> <laughs> colonial shithead yeah. the prior generation <laughs> far cry yeah well i don't think that it can be because the place that those two games are yeah, set that's the thing. are declared geographically oh, like, but they, so yeah. they started far cry the... primal is explicitly in central europe i believe right or like what is now you know what would now be considered central yeah europe? and far cry 4 was in what mongolia or or thereabouts it was in, or... like himalaya like himalayas, himalayas yeah, yeah. So well, that, yeah. that goes one of like three ways, right? One government conspiracy and this piece of terrain <laughs> is stamped everywhere. Two Far Cry games are a subset of the Assassin's Creed uh, video game testing multiverse. Yeah. Uh, yes. Three, they introduce some sort of real time strategy terraforming game where one of the templates that you can stamp into your planet is this map. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, I mean, I guess so, they just like so that map. On yeah. that, so I mean, to that to that point, like when you start this game, you get you are given it the year and i think it starts with the current year and you hear just sort of just a black screen with the a, current with year white, tw- the year is 2016 or so, i don't know I ah! roughly that and then and then um, really you hear no i mean not the not the like <laughs> eagle sounds but you hear um uh you know like a streetscape of the modern era and oh, then the, okay. the year starts ticking backwards mm. and as it goes backwards it ticks through you know like 
all the far every cries. decade, year and decade, going all the way back until it gets <laughs> every to Assassin's Creed. You, you hear a guy talking real BC fast for a while. But that's the thing. Like you start, <laughs> you, because, you know, Ezio. you get back to like the Renaissance era, and you hear <laughs> people sort of speaking Italian, and it's clearly oh, supposed to sound like our envisioning of what the Renaissance sounds like. And you only hear each of these for a second or two each. But because there are so few games set in different historical eras and because like it's just assassin's such big creed. examples of them are assassin's creed yeah it just felt like okay ubisoft now just has like their their meta ubisoft <laughs> franchise which is just like fuck guys up throughout history hey. and that's <laughs> yeah, just, it's, just it's not it's not street thing. life Slide down a slope, just murders just the thing, kill a guy <laughs> yeah. yeah through all of history yeah yeah and so i didn't really play far cry 4 and so the direct I've a lot of people have made the criticism that this game is basically a just a reskin of Far Cry Four. Do you and think that, it started as that? Do you think this started off as Far Cry Four Blood Dragon? I, I think but as primal. I think that I don't know how it started out in terms of branding, but I think that that was always kind of. I remember when people asked, "Is Far Cry Four going to have a spinoff like Blood Dragon?" And then the um, <clears throat> the teaser thing for this got put out. Everybody sort of assumed it was going to be a, right. A it gives the impression of maybe they started off that the size and director, got bigger. Yeah, the creative director even said like, "Oh, not exactly, but like we've got something really surprising for you." So it sounds like this was always built on like intended to be built on the back of that. Right, game. but then maybe it it lost its four and rolled up into being yeah. a full skew, and that it's like yeah, who knows? Just kind yeah. of because the fact that it's on the same world map ha- implies that maybe at one point this was Far Cry Four Primal. Right, right, and and I and and a lot of people have said that it very much feels that way, not just in terms of the world map, but in terms of the overall structure in the game, and that's not surprising to me because even not having played Far Cry Four specifically, you know, the previous last one I played was Far Cry Three. Um, you, it just feels like the increasingly um, s- refined and set in stone Ubisoft open world formula. It just really feels like something that has been um, kind of averaged out to like this specific experience. And in some ways, it's really cool. I mean, you know, I had in in some ways it feels bigger than Ubisoft, right? I mean, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about um, Tomb Raider or Rise of the Tomb Raider. And was also surprised to find like, oh, that has all of this crafting stuff and exploration and open world. And it feels very, very similar to this game. I mean, down to the fact that like you're hunting wild animals with a bow and skinning them. And then those things are being used to create, um, you know, food and uh, utility items and weapons and ammo. And, you know, you're collecting wood and minerals. I mean, it's shockingly similar. It's just, this is, there is a certain version of this that is the sort of like sanctioned triple a version of survival crafting exploration open world. And it is sort of merged with the like old far cry open world shooter and the assassin's creed open world like traversal and mission based thing into this just like mega experience <clears throat> and uh part of it works really well call it maybe an immersive simulation yeah right exactly <laughs> um part of it well it has it does have some immersive some elements you can light stuff on fire whenever you want which is sort of a classic far cry um hallmark at this point um it's very easy to light you have yourself to invent on fire, fire first no, you already you know how to do fire. Cancelled. Like for the whole game pretty much. Yeah. How could they make a caveman game that has crafting 
and has fire propagation as the hallmark of Far Cry, but they don't make you fucking invent fire from well, nothing may- first. Maybe that happens in one of the cutscenes. So oh! that actually speaks to something else that is <laughs> that is actually really ambitious and interesting about this game. But even that I'm sort of ambivalent <clears throat> about, which is they did this really um, sort of amazing thing where they hired two linguists to try and reconstruct um, like proto-Indo-European uh, languages yeah. that w- that led to you know, I mean, millennia back, sort of where the the four the forerunners of uh, modern European Indo European languages, and um, so all of the dialogue in the game is acted in this way. I mean, it's all none of it is is English or or any other sort of modern language. It's all delivered in this. It's like a fake um, proto language. Yeah, um, that apparently was sort of uh, ver- a- cre- um, reconstructed by academics. I mean, I, I who knows, right? How accurate it is? It's, none of us could ever verify that. But it sounds like they tried to do their due diligence on it, and they created three different dialects that correspond to three different tribes of the game. There's this whole tribal component where you are trying to bolster your own tribe by liberating um, members of of it and then you're building up your village and like that that stuff is actually pretty cool and you're um i don't know that 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 thing that that part i like but the the language thing is really fascinating because when you so when you start the game it asks you three to like set three options and there's no context given for any of them classic and yeah and they're, they're they're completely like they feel totally arbitrary the three options are subtitles enabled difficulty and search animations and those what? are the those are the three things that like point blank you're asked to set without any context at all and having played the game for several hours now i can definitely state that like there's no way to know what those are but like search search animations actually should have just been called jake rodkin's kryptonite because <laughs> if you turn off search animations like when you gather things or harvest things, they just disappear. They just pop off oh, man. the world map. <laughs> oh, that's but, fine if you turn it off. Oh, really? You don't want... I would have assumed you would have wanted them to be on. Oh, so I you would. see your hand reach out. And oh, I, wa- I want a Far Cry hand to touch an herb. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. For sure, for sure. But I don't... If you, it's okay if there's an option. Oh, man. See, because I'm the kind of player, Jake, as you would know, who generally wants that stuff out of my way. Who yeah. just wants everything to <clears> snap, snap, snap. But... I, it was too goofy looking because this game is such a sort of triple A. I guess that's true. In this case, the, the fidelity is so high that like yeah. that being a main menu option that you could turn off before you see. I thought <clears throat> so. Sorry. I thought you were actually segueing and saying that there were going to be three choices at the beginning of the game yeah. that somehow impacted your language or like what uh, dialogue yeah, you that's got. Right, that's right. And I, I was waiting. I was like, too. how the fuck? The <laughs> yeah. search animation, yeah, search animation, subtitles, yeah. <laughs> and whatever the hell that other one was. I thought there was going to be some kind of like hand language or something. Yeah, then, like, <laughs> then the game was going to be like, because you have chosen difficulty, subtitles. Subtitles and search animations. <laughs> you, we've determined that you are this culture. I was like, what amazing oh, man, like play so cool. is 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 yeah. in works through the here. ages. We've yeah. categorized humans. Yeah, no, based no, it's on just, these three. Just teeth. you don't see a hand touch an herb. In Assassin's Creed 17, uh, we have determined ancient evidence to find that our caveman ancestors preferred search animations, subtitles, and difficulty. Based on this, we have tuned, we have fine-tuned the algorithms of our latest product. And you you, you will be uh, speaking in dialect B. <laughs> Crafted by the please, finest Please academics. learn this dialect over the next three weeks. I'm, I'm just a QA tester. I don't know how. <laughs> Rate this. Yeah. 
Uh, so anyway, that that stuff is that. The difficulty, I just left whatever the default was. And then the subtitle thing is very interesting because if you turn subtitles off, you can you, you just cannot understand yeah. what anyone is saying. It's actually really <clears throat> fascinating. So I that's like I mean, so they've taken to the limit. The oh, you should play Assassin's Creed in Italian thing right. to be like now everyone's playing it in Italian. Yeah, but <laughs> even right. Italians. But, but I mean, but I think the 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 idea when you played Assassin's Creed in Italian, which you know, which I did because that was a really cool thing. Um, you still have English subtitles on, but in this, oh, I would, oh, I would have never even turned the subtitles on. I'd not cared. <laughs> well, that was what I. So, I I definitely was at war with myself in this game because. I started with just I left all those options by default because I'm like okay whatever whatever they think is fine is fine I don't I don't have no way to know what the impact of any of these things are so then I start and I'm like oh this is crazy they're speaking in another language so I played for about an hour then I turned off subtitles for like another hour and it was just weird like the story in this game is basically nothing it's like caveman fights animals and cavemen and like, <laughs> so it's probably fine without yeah, subtitles it's just the story yeah, of that is. guy's life but the strange thing is that. It's still a sort of big, expensive AAA game, which means there are a bunch of subtitles and people say things a lot. So there's just like minutes Chris, on you're end. You're gonna mi- you're like- gonna miss out that a guy is like gathering forces to the north, and that <laughs> right. someone's wife did something bad, and that then he's gonna bring guys to you. But yeah. then like well, maybe so- that other tribe you've never heard of is gonna flank you. Right? Maybe, and yeah. it's not relevant. That's exa- that is basically exactly. It's so what fucking di- important that you hear all that yeah. stuff. But it's but the but the thing is, it's hard to it's when when people are just saying things for like minutes and you can't understand any of it, the impulse to want to know what they're saying is really important. So I, or or feels really important, even if it maybe isn't in this case. And so at one point I turned the dialogue back on right in time for like a wildly gesticulating shaman guy (laughs) to say, you are the one. (laughs) So like totally fucking owned. And then, thank God you got that. L- yeah, imagine I mean, if you the, hadn't, if you imagine hadn't, the lore right. you would have missed if you hadn't learned that you're the one. <laughs> yeah, and then he mixed me a like magical blood drug potion and made me drink it, and then I had like a like a trip and went on like a crazy drug dream, which I think is also now just like a Far Cry thing. I don't know if Far Cry Four had this, but Far Cry Three definitely did. Yeah, where you like eat mushrooms and then go on a crazy like cave adventure that just exact same thing happened in this game it's really strange how these ubisoft franchises just settle into these conventions so so deeply yeah it is very weird like i don't they're just based on my experience working with triple a in triple a games you know like the teams are really big it's hard to pitch stuff um and i would imagine that there must be some i i obviously don't know because i've never worked at ubisoft and it's not like I have no way to just sort of infer what what went on in the development of this game, but I have to imagine that it just gets a lot easier to get your your idea for your crazy level through if you can just be like, well, we you know it worked great and the one we it makes did you wonder two if, numbers ago it makes you wonder if they have internal lingo for that. We're like, oh, I'm gonna do like a drug dream. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> It's sort of the drug dream sort of thing, but it's like a caveman one, and we're taking inspiration from this particular cave and this architectural yeah. style and these two movies. But basically, you know, also we've got the half of the mood board is the Far Cry 3 drug dream. <laughs> 
Or maybe it's the better version where there's just a crazy executive who in every meeting like, <laughs> what if he right. takes what? drugs and yeah. has a crazy experience and it's like, oh man, this guy's here. <laughs> this guy's in the meeting. Yep. Like that, there like was the, that, that the spider, like the Kevin Smith the, story about yeah, the executive who the, demands what? there's Batman. a giant spider battle in any uh, movie, and yeah. then right the Batman producer, or yeah, and then or Superman, yeah, it was it was the, it was yeah. the Superman thing, and then he finally got got it into the end of Wild Wild West, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, like that story. But there's a guy who every time is like crazy cave dream, got to do it, <laughs> yeah, and I mean like like a lot of the other times that sort of thing happens in these franchises, it just that sequence was kind of cool and looked really evocative and then it just kind of went on too long you know like just all right you can't really do anything and you just go forward because it's not a fulfilling experience unless it's like super long and where is it it's welcome so i mean i sound like i'm really obviously because i can how i sound to myself it sounds like i'm really just sort of fatigued by this game and this formula and that is kind of true but it is some of it works really well given the setting i mean the fact that you're in a prehistoric time and you're you are literally like in a an entirely like a far 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 pre-industrialized cry society (laughs) uh and you're you have these basic weapons you can craft it's like i okay i believe that these weapons can be crafted because they are literally just like a rock lashed to a like a log and that is that is what it is and so some of it actually works better than it does a lot in a lot of these games where you're crafting things that sort of just pop out like beautiful, you know, instruments that presumably a, an artisan would have had to make or something like, so that stuff works and hunting animals. That makes sense. I really like the tribal warfare stuff where like when this game is doing good far cry stuff, it's really good. Um, I had the, the experience that kind of sold me on the game, at least to the extent that I am sold on it, which is, you know, not 100%, but is more, but is enough to, to, that I played it for a while, um, was that I saw an enemy human, like a a guy from another tribe, an enemy human, (laughs) human, destroy (laughs) enemy humans. Uh, and so, and he was like, he didn't see me yet. And so I headshotted him with a bow and headshots are, are, are one hit kills, at least for most enemies, I think. And then that's what they were explaining when you had the uh, subtitles turned <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah. I learned it in my drug dream yeah. from my magical owl friend <laughs> right. who I tamed in my dream, who was then tamed in real life. That happened in this game. So, um, Good. yeah. So, so I headshotted an enemy. I headshotted an enemy. And then I realized the reason he didn't see me was because he was distracted uh, because he was fighting a bear. And then I was like, oh, fuck. So now the, like, so I hid from the bear successfully before the bear was able to, like, transfer his, his, like, awareness from that guy to me, which was cool. That sounds and like then, the bear was possessing you. What's that? <laughs> yeah. Before the bear was able to transfer his awareness to me, and I did not. You were always the in the drug dream. <laughs> yeah. so, anyway, so you did so not so aggro this, this transfer. So I didn't. Creature. So I didn't aggro the bear. And then as I was hiding from the bear, I just I got jumped by a jaguar. It was really like surprising and intense because I was God. concentrating so much. You know what would be bear. amazing is if like. At the end of every quest or whatever, somebody did like a cave painting of like what happened to oh, you. Oh, that would be cool. Oh, that'd be yeah. so good. That would be hard. Just to, a man just being be so like hard to make it good. Jaguar coming out of the left. It's not hard to like make good when you have fifty out. people dedicated to making it good. I don't know, man. I some of the a lot of the detail stuff in this game feels 
sloppier than the big stuff. And I think it's because it's hard to drill down on the detail stuff with a game this big. Yeah. But anyway, so like, so I got mauled by a Jaguar. You got jumped by a Jaguar. Then, Let's like, leave it. I got jumped by a Jaguar. I speared the Jaguar to death. And then like the place I ended up when this was done was on the top of a big crag and my map, it was overlooking like a lake or a river. And my map showed that at the bottom of that, of that body of water was some kind of artifact that I, that, that I, that I've been collecting. And so I jump off, I dive down to the bottom of the river. And then as I'm grabbing the artifact, I'm, I am fucking chomped by a crocodile. Yes. Like, <laughs> thank God for saying chomped by a crocodile. Yeah, it was <laughs> Jumped by a jaguar, chomped by a croc. Yeah. And then like through the game's kind of quick time, like last resort kind of defense system, I stabbed the crocodile to death, like in its snout and it sort of did the thing where it like floats upside down, you know, mm. dies, goes upside down, floats away. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. So I get out of the river and then I just get completely wrecked by an elk and I die. <laughs> and that was the first time I died in the game was like the end of this like predator <laughs> chain at the top of which was somehow an elk. <laughs> well, it was, it was an elk exists above barely alive human who survived encounters with bear, jaguar and crocodile. <laughs> the elk's like, all right, yeah. you're, you're my guy. I know. Yeah, it's true. I, and I'd put off healing because I was like, oh, well, I'm still like at two thirds health. So I'll wait until I'm at one third health. And then Gord. I'll elk. Yeah. And then the elk put on the artifact and walked away and was <laughs> Deal with its shades. <laughs> Weird. Um, and that, like, that encounter was actually amazing. Like, it felt incredible. And it gave me this sort of just pervasive respect for, like, nature and the animal kingdom in this game. Because when you're walking around, like, it's not like humans in in a most Far Cry games and maybe Far Cry 4 was like this too, but you know, I, I didn't play that one. So I, I'm only speaking about this, but like <clears throat> human enemies just behave totally differently, right? Because they walk around usually in groups, they're on patrols or something. They, they have conversations with each other that you can sort of hear and they're intended to inform you. They yell things about what they're doing. Um, the, they the announce way that, themselves. Yeah, the way that animals work in this game is just totally different because at any given moment, like you're just hearing the sounds of the wild of wilderness around you, and some animals travel really, really fast, and so they can kind of come out of nowhere. Some of them are like not very strong, but some of them are way more resilient than humans are, and so it, it creates like a the feeling of being in a very dangerous ecosystem. And the game also has a day night cycle. So when it becomes nighttime, you feel like, holy shit, I am actually out in the middle of a dark, dangerous, terrifying place where like I could just get totally destroyed at any moment. It's really, it's really amazing. But then that is kind of undercut by the fact that when you die, you just respawn Mm -hmm. at your like campfire area and then you can sort of unlock fast travel points that are bo- campfires throughout the map. And so it kind of just So what like, you're saying is this game needs like a survival mode. Yeah, basically. exactly. Yeah. Like it's sort of in its primal mode. It, needs, it, yeah, it feels it like they speed. have a really great baseline for a really interesting kind of survival game that would be unusual among AAA games. But then it's undercut by just kind of working the same way that all of these other AAA kind of paint by numbers open world games do. And that is like the, that is the fundamental nature of my ambivalence about this game is that the canvas that they, that they created is actually pretty awesome and beautiful and feels different than a lot of modern AAA open world games do, but they just fall back on so many of the same conventions. Um, And then obviously people who played Far Cry 4 have other complaints about this game being sort of 
more of a lift, but like just, just speaking to this game itself, that is, that is the nature of my, like my dual reaction to it. How far mm-hmm. in what direction do you think they'd have to push what they have to get it to a place that felt less like a pulled punch at the end? I mean, do you think literally pulling fast travel would be enough so that see, you just start back in the middle I don't of the know. map? I don't know because the thing is, it's not a pulled punch at the end. It is never like questioning basic, basic assumptions that are just true for all of these games and have been for years and years at this point. Right. You know what I mean? You have so your, it's like, hard hometown to say, like, and what, you have your quest system yeah, and you have all these systems yeah. that are sort of like the game is constantly just like pulling you along with quests one by one. And like, I don't know. I mean, it would be really interesting to see one of these teams with a, with like a strong design group, like um, with, you know, that has a lot of influence over the direction of the game actually just pitch something different. And, you know, or even open it up a little bit so that somebody could mod that in even. Yeah. That's yeah. I mean, true. if you, because if I feel like far like, car games haven't had that history of like yeah. modding and sort of true, accessibility actually. to the yeah. kind of, you know, systems in, in a, in a world that has things like don't starve <clears throat> in it, it feels like you could take this extraordinarily high end version of a survival situation and basically just pull the entire skeleton of the quest system and all the intelligence stuff out of it and see what happens from there. I mean, that's kind of what we were talking about with Just Cause as well, right? Of just, mm-hmm. there's so much of a crazy active simulation running and there's so many opportunities available that maybe it's time to stop laying the exact quest system from GTA and Assassin's Creed inside of it and or missions. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. You know, it seems like those sort of GTA-esque mission elements are laid in in parallel with or even sometimes before a bunch of the simulation elements are put into the game. And it seems like maybe not maybe not taking that for granted next time would be would be interesting or not next yeah. time. I, I wonder just, if I wonder if I these mean, teams feel like handcuffed by the sort of six expectations around what a sixty dollar game oh yeah with a campaign sure. is. Well like despite the fact that <clears throat> Minecraft is bigger than any Far Cry game will ever be, there's it still feels like there are just these entrenched expectations about that is just a different thing I this think, is like a $60 game that you play through yeah yeah no, I mean they're like user you know, I'm, you have, they have to be doing focus testing that tells them they should be doing these things yeah. even if people don't know they want the other thing right? the actual yeah. but then like well, I was just gonna say like the thing I like about like a studio like Bethesda where they're gonna do that stuff but at least they have the sort of expectation that We'll mod it in if other people don't well, mod it in, which maybe, they're releasing a survival you know, mode for Fallout 4, which is like this crazy thing. But here's the um, thing, actually. Maybe Bethesda games are just the model. Maybe that's actually like it's a probably better model. closer. I mean, yeah. you could because those games are are they have a they have a set campaign and so on. Like maybe these games should just. Inc- but they have a set campaign you can ignore, and people frequently that's say what I, that's you what can mean. just ignore this that's campaign, which is yeah, I know, I know. That's why yeah. I know that's I'm saying like that's, future, that's the distinction. A future for me, Far Cry like, or Assassin's Creed could look <clears> to. Uh, Fallout or yeah. Skyrim or something. Why yeah, not? The, the, like the, why the, not? the biggest like damning thing that I encountered in this game so far that goes against that model entirely is when you look through the um, crafting and inventory screens, and it'll say things like. This option will be unlocked when you complete the story mission to yep. return well, X to the Y. And I'm like, and the other, why the are other you game telling that, 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 me yeah. what's going to happen in the story <clears throat> by way of the upgrade screen? Are you kidding? Like, I mean, and why not just gray it out? Like, at least, like, Just Cause break. Three or Four, whatever the one we just played, <laughs> whatever number they're okay, on. That was Just Cause Three. Yeah, Just Cause Three uh, did the exact same thing recently. It feels like these games just, I guess, do that, where they have just a, a gating mechanism on the story campaign. And they're allowing you to like move outside of that for like a minute, but then of course yeah. they make you bounce back to so, it. So maybe what they should try with this <clears throat> is is 
remove the gating like don't make don't make the gate gating exclusive to the campaign have a some kind of gating mechanism where you can progress through all of the actual upgrade paths totally independent of the story and then also just tune it such that if you do just play through the critical path story you will end up i think they're afraid that through people all those upgrade won't paths. ever find the story who cares I, yeah here's what well, that think. would be my people argument totally but i mean will, like, though also they yes. will because you you want to but i think that the far cry series in particular actually is in a really good place for ubisoft to try something like this if they wanted to because they have the precedent now of blood dragon is the weird gi joe one far yeah. cry primal is the weird like you don't understand the language it's crazy caveman stuff and we take all of the crafting more literally <clears throat> After Far Cry 5, they could do the small weird one is just Far, oh, that's true. Far Cry survival yeah. game. They could yeah. say, this is the one where we flip the script, yeah. and the story is second place to just, this is the one where all of the open world stuff that you love is what the whole point of the game is, literally. Mm-hmm. But it's a smaller scope version of it, and you're only and you're not paying 60 bucks. Although, I guess Primal they charged full price for. I don't think they did for Blood Dragon. But like it feels no. like... Yeah. If they give it the wacky logo and some weird visual treatment, fans of sort of Far Cry in its modern incarnation would would potentially eat that up without the expectation of it being a mainline Far Cry game. But then they would leave themselves the ability for people to like that and expect Mm -hmm. it in the next Far Cry game. And Far Cry 6, kill me. (laughs) Man, that's a a really good... God. That's a really good idea, actually, if that were the... How much did Blood Dragon cost? 20 bucks? I think Blood Dragon was a cheaper one. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do the the weird experimental one, but instead of experimenting with your creative content, take the crazy, like, best-of-breed survival sandbox and double down on that. Yeah, I don't know. The gross thing is that maybe this was that and then it just got turned into the thing. It could. Right? That's knows, actually true. Yeah. This could have This could have been that. Except it, that they hired all those ling- linguists and everything. It's like, why well, right, but that, that could have been, been the second layer. That could have been the second. Oh, we love all this crafting stuff. Let's yeah. do the literal version where you do combine the stick, the string, and the rock and you ha- make a, an axe that is just a rock uh, bound to a stick with twine. It's going to be awesome. You're going to hunt all the animals. Oh, but then this is really going somewhere. Let's. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. What are the cultures of these three tribes that we put in the game? Right. Blah 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 blah. Um, yeah, that could. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? We'll never know. Yeah, unless someone writes in. No, <laughs> we'll never know. Because Break your NDA. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we will never know what happened because this is a video game, and by the time anyone is willing to talk about the history of this video game, they'll no one will give a fuck. No one will give a fuck because it's Far Cry yeah. Primal. Like no one will care by the time yeah. anyone on the team ever will want to talk about. It. It's not like this is Barry Lyndon or something. <laughs> like, just no one's gonna give a shit. <laughs> Ouch. What? It's true. Wow. By the time the story is interesting enough to, to like, or be people, no one talks about anything in games, and by the time they do, <laughs> that's true. no one gives a shit. Yeah, because one, there are 400 sequels to this game, and two, I don't think any game like this is notable enough on its own, so it... Yeah. Yeah. The way that it would become notable is if a writer decided that it was worth actually uncovering all the, the details right. of, and yeah. reminding everyone about the specific history of this specific game in this, in this series, like, that would make it interesting, but... You could right. see someone doing a long-form piece about the development of the like Ubisoft open world sort of dictate, you know, yeah, like but the, that's that is like that canvas is so big that it yeah. would it would be hard to do in a way that you'd get all the specific stories. Whereas, like, yeah. if you just said, "Where the hell did Far Cry Primal come from?" in right. like 2022, you could probably get it. You just have you'd have to do so much legwork. 2020, 2022, year of Far Cry Primal. You heard it here first. <laughs> Probably on Eurogamer or something. Year of Far Cry Primal. <laughs> Once a month. 
a feature. <laughs> oh, I meant more just like that's the that's year, the year when that the it, prophecy it, it, will the, be yeah. revealed or whatever. But also, oh. yeah, you're, you're yeah. a Far Cry Primal every week for 52 weeks. Mm. Exclusive <laughs> feature about this game made seven years ago that <laughs> no one remembers or cares about. It's truly the Watergate of video games. <laughs> just going to blow it open. Oof. You guys want to take a break? Yeah. All right. Good Far Cry Primal episode. Video game. This episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Harry's. Harry's manufactures excellent shaving products and sends them directly to your door. I heard an apostrophe in there. Shaven products. Shaven <laughs> shaven products. For shaven. Yep. They will send razors and blades and all these sort of accoutrement you need to your door. They actually recently started carrying like a face wash thing, which I've been using, and it's incredibly refreshing and nice. Um, I don't like that's not a thing that I ever thought about before, but now that it's just part of my like Harry's order, um, it's cool. It's also part of your regimen. Exactly. Um, I basically shave like I would say once or twice a week. Um, and so I, I've been using my Harry's set for that. And the nice thing about shaving once or twice a week is that most days you're just in that like stubble phase where you just kind of look slightly cooler. And so that's, <laughs> I tend to shave like on the weekends and then like, I don't know. It's true. What? Like you got like a little yeah. like neck beard action happening. Beard. I, no, I more frequently shave yeah. the neck entirely, but but yeah, I'll, often my upkeep is just just shave the neck and then leave the other stuff for a few more days. Uh, if you go to harrys.com and use the offer code THUMBS, you will get $5 off your order. You can get a kind of starter set that comes with the blade, the razors, and the shaving cream or shaving gel. The manual, um, shaving is cool. <laughs> <laughs> it comes subtitle with, when you do it. It actually does. It actually does come with a little like folded guide, Good. giving you some best practices. All right. Yeah, Harry's.com and the promo code thumbs for five dollars off. Video this episode of Idle Thumbs is also brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the easiest, fastest, most convenient, most compatible, most responsive way to make your own website, portfolio, blog, or online store. We have another example of a Reader's Squarespace site using the Thumbs discount code. If you go to squarespace.com and use the promo code THUMBS at checkout, you get 10% off. And one person who did that was Lars Ivar Stranden, who writes in, Hi, Thumbs. Being a freelance creature and figure artist, it's essential for me to have a clean and easily navigable online portfolio when reaching out to potential clients. So he says, when being presented with a list of available free domains to choose from, I did what any responsible grown-up would do, and I registered www.mosseisleycantina.space. So, <laughs> um, I went there, and I was expecting it to be something weirder than he suggested, but it's just a really nice portfolio with his character art. <laughs> And uh, memorable so, domain name, though. Yeah, exactly. Is it? Pl it's probably not playing the MIDI uh, uh, Cantina uh, <laughs> song. You, but I suspect <laughs> Squarespace would not endorse the use of like tacky MIDI background music. Okay. But I don't know. You can't embed MIDI into web pages anymore because I don't think that the plugin types that would play those are supported. Oh. Because mm. like rich media plugins, like in Chrome, that's you, like I guess Flash is grandfathered in. But like, yeah, 
I don't think the QuickTime plugin or the Unity plugin and things like that work anymore. Uh, also, I don't know if Windows Media Player on Windows 8 or 10 will play a MIDI file. Mm. Really? Real talk. Yeah. Wow. Oh, man. Fun fact, though, QuickTime will because QuickTime for Windows hasn't been updated in a decade. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right. Uh, that's my well, Squarespace fun fact. You know what has been updated in a decade? Squarespace. <laughs> Web standards and Squarespace <laughs> supports them. Yep. If you go to squarespace.com and use the promo code THUMBS, you will get 10% off your order. And if you order for a year, you will get a free domain name. You better get on that because nickbrecken.cool is already taken and mossisleycantina.space is already taken. All the good so, ones are getting taken. I don't know not much what left. is left, but I'm sure find you can out. think of some. Yeah, yeah. Find out at squarespace.com with the promo code THUMBS. Yeah, thanks, Squarespace. Video game. Sometimes you get this sort of like bemused Goldblum-esque <laughs> cadence when you really do these amazing. ads. We're like... God, you get uh, blade. <laughs> uh, shaving is cool when you do it. You get the. I uh, usually, I like to shave. On usually that's Saturdays. Because, usually that's because I I had an idea for a sentence and then I realized that I either forgot it already or like <laughs> intended to say something different and so I just have to like spew something out right. so that I'm not saying no words. That's usually that's usually why that happens. That's probably how Jeff Goldblum works. That's probably, that's probably yeah. true. No, actually that's always happening to him once every second and a half. Yeah, essentially for his entire life, <laughs> he's just both one step ahead and behind yeah. at all times. Yeah. That is, <laughs> yeah, that actually the, feels yep. very accurate. Yeah, mm-hmm. Goldblum's life is just one giant podcast right. ad. <laughs> that's why everyone's hiring him to do their weird web ads. Yeah, now. it's actually true. That guy is in more ads than he is in films. He's aging into Bill Murray. He's like, oh, who's the guy yeah. who's now in God. all the Wes Anderson movies? Video game. Are we back? Oh, I think we are back. I had a terrible oh. realization. I had a terrible, Uh-oh. terrible, terrible realization. Okay, that I, I don't think like how terrible this is. Times have changed for Idle Thumbs and for the face of gaming because we had an entire first half of this episode about a Far Cry game and no one talked about Far Cry 2 once. Oh my oh God, God, you're right. So that's Whoa. it. Pack it up, boys. Podcast over. Oh, no. <laughs> Is Far Cry Jeez. Primal the new Far Cry 2? Absolutely no. not. <laughs> uh, anyway, I just had to, I had to point that out that I think yeah, that we have wow. maybe failed as people because I bet that there's oh, at no. least one listener who was like, can't wait till they talk. Oh, no. And then the hit video games and Far Cry 2 was never said. Oh, man. So, oh. Yeah, that is intense. You know what? The warmth that we feel uh, from Clint Hawking being back at Ubisoft, presumably making the good Far Cry, oh, man. Uh, mm. is why we didn't even have to mention it, because we we're just have, we're have so comfortable any, in that space. Has there been any, been any <laughs> informed speculation anywhere that he could be working on a new Far Cry game? I don't think that there has I been. There I has mean, been there's been. no way he is. There's I no know, way. I know. He's like, he goes and has the, the, the like journeyman experience for like a decade of, of attempting to ship a game anywhere else than his back at Ubisoft. What if he ships a game called Far Cry 3? <laughs> How happy would you be? What the effect? Yes. In the same way of like Ron, Ron Gilbert's, Gilbert's like <laughs> I will make three of Monkey Island three thirty years later or whatever. <laughs> Clint Hawking's real Far Cry three. <laughs> real Far Cry. God, I'll play that game. Yeah. Far Cry two two. It's fine as well. <laughs> Far Cry two Blood Dragon. <laughs> Clint Hawking. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Weird. We brought back that engine that we made for Far Cry 2 that no one used ever again after that. Well, I think they're still using that. The Dunia engine, that was that that pops up when you load Far Cry Primal. Oh, wow. It still okay. says oh, it's that. Still there? I think they've oh, just wow. been updating okay. it for years. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Huh. Good. Well, he'd be right at home. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Get in there, make some levels, reskin Far Cry 4 again. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what's happening. Yeah. 
that's just all future Ubisoft games. Just yeah. use that same map. Assassin's Creed. <laughs> it's like they're Dota. We're like, we got it. We did it. This one was really good. Just ship on this forever. Yeah. <laughs> we've unlocked Clint's, Clint's back at uh, Ubisoft, and they're like, we've unlocked a third map for Far Cry Two. <laughs> Never, you'll never guess the topography of this map. <laughs> you definitely will guess it. Well, yeah. yeah. Man, Far Cry 2. Good game. Yeah. Anyway, just had to... No, I no, mean... Was, no, I, was, gotta, I got really uncomfortable list. during the ads when game I realized that we had... Yeah. Oh, it's back. That was, <laughs> a very, that was an important <laughs> observation. Yeah. Okay, yeah. it's back. Yeah. Right I did... Down. I don't know what form I was on recently that um, I guess people were probably talking about Far Cry Primal. But then a sub thread occurred that was just, does anybody else feel like Far Cry 2 is the best Far Cry? And a oh, billion people were like, yeah, actually, I do. <laughs> weird. Weird oh, you say that come. because it's actually my favorite Far Cry. It's That's weird. I never yeah. thought about it. But yeah, Man. it is. It's my favorite. I guess Far Cry 2 is... Yeah, I like ex- drove a Jeep off a thing. And like it was this whole like... There, Far, there Far Cry 2's exceptional and- weirdness is probably actually now... Yes, been probably, buried because yeah. the weirdness of the Far Cry series has broadened out. Yep. So yeah. it's no longer like a surprising zag. Right. When yeah. now it's like, then Far Cry Three came out, and that fucking GI Joe episode happened, and then uh, now oh. it's a caveman. Yeah. So yeah, maybe Far Cry Two Far Cry feels 2. so grounded and not weird now. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it had like you know wild animals and just kind of all the things that they're doing now. Like your weapons would break and thing and just stuff that people like didn't expect. Well, except then. that all those things are totally different than how they are now. Like those wild animals. Oh, they're different. Really... But what I'm saying is they have like the, the bones of like a, you could take Far Cry Two and probably just like inject. What, what it I was with saying is stuff is and... now that Far... but that would make it worse. I know it would, but I'm just saying. I, I, all that it's... I'm saying is now looking back through like the haze of history with what Far Cry is yeah. now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were expecting like a crisis. Well, essentially, it's, it's, and, yeah. your expectations are at the time that Far Cry Two came out are irrelevant because we've now had a GI Joe Far Cry yeah, and a no, Caveman I, Far I Cry. Saying, yeah. So a sort of sedate African yeah, Safari yeah, yeah. Far Cry. Sure, maybe that was just one of the right. Far Cries. Now, yeah, yeah. it's not. Yeah, like, that's true. Your your expectation has nothing to do anymore with like I played Far Cry One and this is not. This yeah, is to, not to what I was saying yeah. about everyone forgetting the specific story behind the making of a game. No one fucking cares about like. Clint Hawking and Patrick Redding's rash of incredible GDC talks and sort of like what they were attempting to accomplish with that game. It's now just that other Far Cry game, I think, to to some people. Like that thread you're describing where people are like, yeah, you know, come to think of it, that one was really good now that I've gone through three or four other ones and didn't care about the, you know. Yep. I think that's true. I think think that's probably true. um, Subjectively true, Chris. I know it for a fact. Nice. Um, Nick, you played a different game. Yeah, I'll mention this different game that I played briefly, um, which is the other game that people are playing this week. Uh, I guess um, Stardew Valley, which I didn't know anything about, and I'm I only everyone is talking about this. Everybody's talking yeah. about it this is, game, so it, I decided I'll check this game it's out. A, it's a game that not a lot of people did. I mean, it's it's been known about yes, for years for a right? while, but it shipped and then blew up. So right. it's it's not surprising that you didn't know about it, and now everyone's talking about it. Because well, I think I had heard something about somebody's making like a PC harvest. Moon, and then I was like a year. Yeah, but if you look at like then... the the traffic and awareness pickup for that game, it's like just a linear. It's like a like if the if the clock is at two o'clock, it's that ramping up from launch. It was not mm-hmm. like the anticipation spike of a big game where it just goes boom, it's huge, and then falls off. It's right. like it 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 scaled immediately after it launched. Yeah, no, it does seem like people just um 
had been there there was a sizable number of people that were looking forward to this like a couple months out and then uh it was just recently released and now everybody is continuing to talk about it um so it's a harvest moon it's a harvest, it's a harvest moon alike it's a it's a moon alike uh a moon up yeah um i mean the only thing i can compare this game to that i played is don't starve because it's a game i never played harvest moon um, I mean, like, I understood what it was essentially, but not yeah. really. Like, I didn't really get the I full kind of, kind of me, like, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, this game is basically sort of blatantly, you know, trying to hit that 16-bit kind of feel and, and do all, you know, similar things. But, you know, I think the thing that people are appreciating about it is it's a little bit more open, like, you know because Nintendo was weird in their recent games. Like you have to marry like a man if you're a woman and you have to marry a woman if you're a man. But this game is just very open and kind of inclusive. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, the, you know, if you haven't played one of these games, you start out as like a guy who um, I guess inherited his uh, grandfather's farm or something. This game, this game is set up to be like this very comfortable like wholesome experience this game was my nightmare from like the first go like what you get there on this Why, like, bus oh i inherited my grandpa's farm like was it that early well i my thought my grandpa calls me jasper <laughs> <laughs> no i you know like the, like, oh, you inherited this farm i thought i'm gonna get there it's gonna be like a decent farm and then i'll have to like upgrade my farm you get there and you're like you take this bus and you get off the bus stop and you walk over to your farm and it's just this overgrown like disaster of like this enormous like 16-bit like map of just like a thousand like Zelda bushes and rocks and just enormous trees. Well, otherwise there and, wouldn't be a fun game, Nick. You have to do the <laughs> you have to do the but, I things. Mean, it's like it's like surrounded. Like you're you can barely even like get in your front door and then they're just like derelict houses over to the left and just you were just like in this disaster Nick, of like see, a zelda you see town. hell where people are supposed to see opportunity exactly yes <laughs> i see i had like a panic attack when i saw all these things because you you have all these tools and you have to just you know kind of like zelda slash every bush and it's just that it's sounds gonna, really easy I, <sighs> there are a lot of bushes <laughs> so anyway the whole game the whole game is you get there and you know you've got this farm, and you you're supposed to want to make it better. But I spent like two days just you know picking up rocks and hitting the bushes, and you have all these different tools you have to use for specific things, and like tilling the ground and like planting yeah. things. But there's no like impetus for doing any of this stuff. You're supposed to just want to like Nick, work. You're on supposed this. to think. You're about, supposed to want to make your your improve. You're supposed to improve yourself. <laughs> no, you're supposed to think about how nice the farm is gonna be. And then there's it's all this like, like think about when you get a house in oh, The Sims and think God. about how cool that house is gonna be. But it's a farm. And then one of the things that people oh. love about this game is that like you've got like a town with people and the people are in the town and you have to like go and talk to them like you have like that, social, that's a nightmare of you have course. like social rankings for people you have to like <laughs> go, make an effort like everything's on like a, a you know a this world, sounds really good everything's on a clock so like they all have their own little <laughs> cycles and things that they're doing and so you have to like you know you have to go there like nine o'clock because the shop's gonna open at nine and you have to go talk to this person and i'm like god i just want to stay in bed i just started like sleeping over and over again <laughs> And I found myself, I was just, like, not leaving my little <laughs> shitty barn. And I was just, like, sleeping and just not getting out of bed. Because your energy grows back up. Your energy, yeah, the grass starts growing back. Like, all the little things I did in, like, the first two days. You, you unlocked know, the like, secret ending where your character eventually dies and wills the defunct shitty farm to their grandchild. 
and then that's also you right exactly to the, the kid that just doesn't understand the value of a dollar and just spends his dollars buying bread and not actually farming yeah so is I that just, what you were doing you went, yeah you, I, was just, I was just going to the store and i like you bought uh, a bread ate well, it and slept as long as i'm here i guess i'll just buy some food i don't want to make my food so i just bought all this food and then i realized that oh i spent all my starter money that you're supposed to buy you're supposed to buy like farm supplies with yeah. this money you're not supposed to just spend it on food <laughs> so i had no money left to farm so i bought like one seed planted the seed then i was watching that seed like yeah i would sleep there's nothing to do like you can't make like plants grow faster so you have to just go water it then get back in bed <laughs> You know, eclipse a day, then get out of bed, go water it again. So I, that that was my entire life because I didn't want to engage in the social stuff. Of course, at all. It was yeah, just a course. pain, and so sure. I just I all I was doing was watching this one plant grow, and that's kind of that's kind of this, where I'm at at this point. <laughs> so just, I feel like this might be telling us more about you than about about oh, yeah, this game. Of course, I feel like this might be what happened would happen if you did inherit a farm. It would be like. <laughs> It's like the realistic version of Green Acres, <laughs> where you just stay in bed and then maybe well, grow one plant, but it dies and is just taken over by the weeds. Yeah, I mean, and then like, you move back to the city. Like the thing I compare this game to is Don't Starve, which has all of these systems except that it has yeah. this like you you're gonna starve to death if you don't do these things, which just kicks me in the pants enough to actually do them. But then also I was playing that game with with uh, my girlfriend Janelle in co-op. Which is very different because then I just stay in, in the base and do my stuff and then she goes out and like actually does the real work. So now that that doesn't exist, I'm realizing that I, if I was playing Don't Starve alone, I would just starve. You would starve. Every, I would just, I would be a dead man. So anyway. So, so yeah. It was, it was, so the part of this, this game, game that's, seemed, say, that's say, saying, like, you know what's fun about this game? The satisfaction of a job well done. And you're like, <laughs> exactly. fuck that. I'm going to buy a loaf of bread. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah. I just, you know, you can move your the, the objects in your room around. So I spent some time, like, moving the TV in front in of front the, of the door. In front of the oh, bed. Okay. No, in front of the door, yeah. I'm just blockading. I was creating a blockade. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's 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 what I got. You moved the TV that's next what I got to the bed, Valley. and then you sat yeah. and ate a loaf of bread in bed and slept. <laughs> Basically. Okay. This is a game that people are going crazy for this game. <laughs> Nick Reckon's definitely going crazy. <laughs> yeah. This game also includes a Howard Hughes mode that like, has unlocked. <laughs> I want to go out to the country to get some rest. Watches TV alone with a loaf of white bread dies. I guess that's how I, I just mean, described. Fair, I described Nick be, Brecken's yeah. Stardew Valley meme is what I just described. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> anyway, it seems like a good game. <laughs> If you like those things. That was a representative slice of this game that is like the number one game on Steam. I think that's, yeah, this is what yeah. people are just loving about it. Yep. Yep. No. If you enjoyed this game, please send us a picture of what a successful player uh, looks like. <laughs> no, I've seen Please them. contrast it with I've, the I've, Nick Brecken meme image. They've cleared every bush. And they've get, they've got perfect, beautiful crops that are just, you know, all over their farm. They have, you know, cows. It's I probably running itself, I didn't even know really. you can get cows. I just went to the bar. <laughs> I love that we were talking about the idea of having like a more self-directed version of Far Cry <laughs> yeah, Primal or something. Yeah. And that Nick, as soon as you have to like take any responsibility, why? I don't know. Why would I ever want to? Yeah. <laughs> so you know, 
Hopefully, yeah. if they make a good self-directed Far Cry game, it also lets you just put a TV in front of your character's bed, eat a loaf of white bread, and then the Far Cry 2 time uh, mm. uh, time cycling thing happens, but yeah. you see your fingernails get longer. <laughs> right. Yeah. The jars of urine just start yeah. stacking up in the, the corner. The time-lapse yeah. sun yeah. spins around, but as that's happening, it's right. also the Team Fortress 2 sniper, meet the sniper video, right. where uh, there's just more and more jars of pee appearing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Anyway, man, I forgot the Team Fortress Two literally yeah, had the trailer they had the, with they had that jar with time lapsing and pee jars. Yep. Oh, then they made the pee jar into an item. That might be the tipping oh, point. That of was actually yes, that was the jump. When the shark when you can throw of, the jar uh, of pee from the trailer at people as just a weapon oof. you have. Yeah. Anyway, they should have gone the other way, which is to turn it into Far Cry Two. <laughs> <laughs> Man, a Far Cry 2 game where if you choose that path, your fingernails get longer. Is, is That's what I want. That would be good. I want you to get gnarled Howard Hughes hands. Yeah. <laughs> when you reload your weapon, you just gross. see like yellow three-inch long yeah. fingernails like clicking against the surface of right. the gun. Oh, gross. Additional. <laughs> what? That's just players love crunchy feedback fully, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. No gun actually goes. <laughs> but imagine if there's also like. <laughs> oh, no. On there. Ugh. <laughs> 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 All right. Eventually, the sleep button makes you sleep through two or three days at a time mm. without leaving the bed. <laughs> right. God, it actually would be good. Like a game that is set in the woods where you just, instead of like malaria or, you know, whatever disease is a problem, it's just your own mind that just, start, <laughs> just, just starts the, yeah. Instead of insanity effects and all that other garbage, if you just started like uncontrollably yeah. sleeping longer. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and like food, because just, yeah, food just did not work on you as well as it used to. Mm-hmm. That'd probably be a better way to have those effects work. Just like yeah. the cost of getting rest goes way up. Or when you get to a cutscene, you're unintelligible to everybody else instead of you not understanding what they're saying. <laughs> just your language just starts to break down. Anyway, want to do some reader mail? Yeah, sure. All right. Um, this was another one of those weeks where we got. Uh, a bunch of similar emails, and I have also <clears throat> been uh, deluged with email with uh, tweets um, personally about two articles. Are they about two scandals that have They're rocked various two gaming worlds and various old timey games? Both of which I have some connection to, and one of which Jake does as well. Uh, so there were scandals that erupted. Well. I guess they've they there have been articles that were published about scandals that have been erupting in the world of uh, newspaper crosswords and mm. professional bridge, and um, they're both really interesting. The uh, both I, could become high concept uh, character based thrillers, right? A sort of Michael Lewis like sort of big short money ball yep. kind mm. of yeah thing for sure. Uh, maybe not the crossword one, but the bridge one. I think we'll see how the crossword one resolves because you could do a like dramatization. Well, we'll get into it, but there's, there's definitely Will Shorts versus sort of, uh, an ambivalent doucher is the way that all yeah. the articles <laughs> paint true. it. So, so that, so here's, here's just an, an, an example of representative email of each of these. They're very short. Michael Mariano writes, just wanted to pass along this article about possibly plagiarized crossword puzzles. I have no idea if this is something that interests or affects Chris, but here's the link. It's on five thirty eight, which is just the, which is Nate Silver's mm. sort of statistics, uh, news website. That's not really a good description, but uh, <laughs> they cover politics and sports and stuff. Yeah. A lot of it is supposed to be like 
based on metrics or data-driven reporting. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. it's a good site. Mm 538.com spelled out in words. And and, uh, the... Uh, if you search for just crossword scandal, you'll find it. And then uh, Jody Imus writes, Hi, Thumbs. Since you were talking about the card game Bridge a few weeks back, I wanted to make sure you knew about this New Yorker article about re- recent cheating problems in the professional bridge community. Keep up the good work, Jody. Lincoln, Nebraska. And so um, this is a New Yorker article, and uh, the article is called something along the lines of The Cheating Problem in Professional Bridge. And if you search for Bridge Scandal, you will find that one for sure. Um, these are both really fascinating articles, and they... They both, ex- they both are essentially about the fact that we can detect cheating and plagiarism now in ways that we really couldn't before because of things like comprehensive databases and statistical and like you can wide do scale like statistical analysis. Pattern matching abilities are way higher. Yeah, exactly. Um, and you, so in the case of over the, like huge data sets, right, exactly. So in the case of the crosswords, what happened was it has been determined that the editor of the crossword that is syndicated in USA Today, um, it was it's found that there were a number of extremely suspicious, um, identical, what are called theme answers in crosswords, which tend to and be identical grids. Yeah, and in some cases, I'd, nearly identical grids, which is which is insanely unlikely hmm. to happen. I mean, like infinitesimally uh, unlikely, and uh, or infinitesimally likely, I suppose. Um, so, in a crossword, what a theme is is they're, they're generally longer answers. There are often several of them in a given crossword puzzle, and they will be linked together with some kind of uh, clever conceit or idea. Often, they're sort of puns. Or like there's some kind of wordplay going on. And so because they they are they have a funny gimmick or a weird mechanic to them, it is very unlikely that say three identical theme answers from one puzzle would be completely accidentally recreated by a different crossword constructor, you know, 15 years later in the exact same form with the same words and same position on the grid. And yet things like that were found to have happened in this editor's crossword puzzles. They also found that many of the authors credited of those puzzles were actually simply made up pseudonyms for this editor himself. Um, And uh, a, a broad statistical analysis found that this is unique uh, there is, this is not, so, he sort of, his answers were all extremely dismissive. They were all like, oh, I, this, how could it not happen? He's I'm like, surprised I have not that- ever read the New York Times crossword. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> frankly, I'm not very, he was like, I have no interest in the New York Times crossword. I'm actually not a fan, to be honest the, with the you. The most notable quote from him was he said, I have 60 people doing crosswords for me. And even if I didn't and they don't exist, that is irrelevant. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like, <laughs> huh. <Yeah>. Interesting <laughs> phrasing. Uh, yeah, it was, they, they, um. God. The the five thirty eight article has analysis between of a lot of different crossword puzzles from different editors and publications, and they found that this level of coincidence or plagiarism only really exists in any sign- statistically significant degree, going from other publications crosswords to this it was guy's like New York Times and like L A Times were the yeah. two big sources for right. It's USA Today, and then the, he also, at once a week, I think, does another crossword that is syndicated out to a bunch of other local right. dailies. And by contrast, there was, like, one example of, of this ever happening in a New York Times crossword. Like, ever. Um, whereas it happened a, a whole bunch of times in the other direction. And so... it was uh, The article is also interesting because the people who 
collected this huge data set and ran this analysis where people who were just like, maybe we can use computers to help us become better at creating crosswords. Yeah. Like it was guys yeah. who just were crossword enthusiasts who wanted to get better at making their own. So they ran analysis to try and learn stuff from it. Mm. And then like the the biggest quote from them was sometimes data tells you things you don't want to see. Yeah. Because they, they're like, oh, whoops, we found out that we found crosswords out that, that we liked yeah. were actually just ripoffs. Yep. Oh. Found out that that map is the same as the other map. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, so, so that was really interesting. I, you know, as someone who, as I've said on the podcast before, I I do the New York times crossword every day and theme answer, like really ambitious themes in crosswords are incredible. I mean, like the way that a good crossword constructor can sort of produce a, like a, a joke or just like a, a complex construction in the middle of a, a puzzle. And like, especially with very long answers that are all related to one another and then sometimes speak to a larger running theme in like other answers in the crossword. That stuff is really amazing. Yep. Um, and just obviously you need to actually do real statistical analysis to be able to state this with, with any um, authority, but definitely just as someone who does crosswords, it's hard to imagine that that kind of thing could happen accidentally. It's just intuitively. If you do crosswords, you understand like this couldn't just, just happen. Yeah. And so it's, it's interesting that people found this and, you know, demonstrated it with something approaching like absolute proof yep. um the other did you guys did either of you read the bridge? i didn't read the bridge i didn't read it yet. but i yeah that one is way crazier and way fuzzier and way more insidious so okay. <laughs> yeah so the the crazier fuzzier more insidious that's the poster for this movie by the way for the bridge <laughs> sequel it's about bridge uh, bridge scandal yeah um one of the reasons it would make it would be more suited to a movie than the crossword one. The crossword thing is like, okay, well, we've done statistical analysis and we found that this guy you know, is just these, a sad guy. Yeah, yeah. just like a sad guy in a room, yeah. making up fake people who plagiarize crosswords. <laughs> uh, but the bridge thing, you know, Jake, you and I talked about playing bridge a couple months back, and we initially had this very ignorant reaction to some of the uh, laws of bridge ethics, which you know, dictate what you're allowed to say Hmm. when you're bidding at the beginning of the game and so on. And we were like, why on earth is this so stringent? Why is that an ethical concern? And the reason is because, and as we learned, as readers told us, and as we should have inferred ourselves, um, any clues as to what is contained in your hand are incredibly valuable To your right, you could God, yes, because you, because you're playing with a partner. The partner you yeah, could you, you could, could develop in, a system of of tells. Yeah, you're so supposed to yeah. just say in a very clipped manner the exact two words that are the bet because anything else could mm-hmm. be used to yeah. pack compressed secret yes. information about your hand into what you say. Right. I imagine right. that could be even delays in speech or pitch that you yes. say things right. or speed that you say things. And, and that that yeah. is what this entire article is about. This article is essentially about the what what certain teams have of bridge players and you know a bridge team is two people who in most cases have played together for years and years and years um the the two uh players who are at the center of this article who are accused of cheating and it, it seems pretty clear that they that they have been um are in their early 30s which is which is pretty young for sort of top tier professional bridge players it's the kind of game that people play for a long time um because there's so much there's such it's it's such an ex- the article makes the point that it's a very experienced based game like it's not a game with like it's not like um certain sports where a sort of natural athlete obviously still very experienced and training based but like you sort of peak at a younger age the sure. bridge is like you know it's a 
card game. You you sort of build up this body of experience that builds and builds and builds and builds. And P and teams develop incredibly subtle signaling methods that they use to cheat that deal with like the order in which they shuffle the cards mm. in their hands when they're given their hand, you know, the order in which they move the cards around yep. to put them in order. Um, there was a, there was a, uh, an Italian team in the seventies that developed a foot based cheating method for which they ended up becoming dubbed the Italian foot soldiers. Um, and <laughs> like weird, like taps of your like nervous ticks yeah, and stuff. Yeah. That was the, the fallout of that was that in addition to in professional bridge dividers being placed on top of the table to prevent players from, from seeing what's going on at the table level. Uh, there are also dividers under the table to prevent players' feet from... Wow, so you're just like fully cordoned off yeah, until yeah. play begins, yeah. basically. Interesting. And, and players would do things with their eyes. They would do things mm -hmm. with their fingers. They, you know, um, teams who are, who essentially decide to develop some kind of signaling-based cheating system just have... It's, it's essentially an, an a never-ending war between... Um, the people who run the tournaments and try and prevent this and then the people doing the cheating becoming ever more subtle and careful. And the funny thing is a lot of these people are actually, I mean, unsurprisingly, amazing bridge players. Like really there was a, you know, they mentioned one player who was said to be just like one of the best declares in the world but the but it's gotta be this is the that, only edge left that they have to uh, well, obtain right in, or in they a lot feel of cases, that it seems like the the article kind of makes the implicit point that it's sort of a cultural thing like that this player they were talking about was like the idea the because there is still obviously an element of randomness involved in any card game this player was so incensed by the idea that they might ever end up being beat by a theoretically less strong player was that was just such a like just a, an, an infuriating idea that they they felt the need to like grab any well, additional even being like, incredibly shitty at bridge <clears throat> nothing is worse than you looking at a hand and going i think this is a really good hand and then blowing it and then you and then like you're like i just want my partner to know mm -hmm. that the hand that i have oh, yeah, is yeah, yeah. very clearly exactly the hand they should be playing yeah. into and the two of us are going to fucking oh, oh my god okay they uh, don't know they can't know they don't know and they can't yep. know and i'm <laughs> fucked fuck I know. And you just so want to like, you just want to stare into their brain and be like, I have the queen of spades and that's yeah. the only one you're fucking missing. And yep. we could just sweep this shit. Yep. Oh, so I understand that if you're yeah. amazing at it, that impulse must just like, for some people, your brain must just like be on fire. Right. Wanting to just like fucking throw that thought into the other person's mind because yep. you, you're just enraged that you're going to just fuck it up and you yeah. eat shit. It's so yeah. true. Yeah. It's so true. Uh, and so um, they, you know, as with the crossword uh, scandal, one of the ways that this stuff is can be determined is by doing statistical analysis and and realizing that there are cases where players are playing too perfectly, which sometimes can just happen. But if it if there's a su sustained pattern of that among a specific pair of players, yep, um, that can be identified statistically over time and found to be essentially nearly impossible to happen by chance or to happen in, in, in reasonable, like, right. you know, legitimate play. It raises enough suspicion that people would then, you could potentially start paying attention to them yeah. and see if there is message passing that you could then reverse right. engineer, I imagine. But the mm. thing that makes this harder than the crossword thing is that you can't just, like, you have to actually be able to 
point to something specific and accuse them. And so one thing that didn't happen in the past, just as with, you know, because of the, the, the changes in technology, you know, decades ago, it wasn't the case that every professional bridge tournament game was was tape was oh yeah now that's probably taped now, in hd from multiple angles yeah right? you can watch it all on youtube and so uh now you can and but the thing is a really good player or a really good cheater i should say um they will be very 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 subtle with their movements they will the the their cues will be things that people do just as part of being a human, you know, they'll twitch occasionally, they'll move a finger. Oh, um, but now you can make a really slow-mo blown up video of like a thumb adjusting <laughs> yeah. and then yeah. like, and then he plays the and two so and then he, and then, and then oh, I want, I want the, like, I want the conspiracy bridge videos. I'm yeah. sure they're out there. There's a guy who made a website to like for the express purpose of exposing this stuff called bridge cheaters. Oh, I was, um, I hoped it was called that. Yeah. Which is a, which is a, with a Z. seemingly a reference to the existing bridge site, bridge winners, um, <laughs> which is a like, Oh, legitimate, oh shit. Yeah, yeah. And uh, like, it's actually cool reading it because there was a guy who was saying like, God, I just, it just, I thought something was going on here. And then on the drive home from the tournament, he had the, the Kaiser Soze moment and he's like, oh my God. And he fig- he like realized what their code was. He's like, when they move one card over this way, it means two. When they move another card over this way, it means three. And he like, fig- he like Man, beautiful minded s- it. Someone else brain. with enough like bridge awareness and deck awareness and stuff to be able to dis- discern. Because to play bridge, you have to remember a shitload of stuff that happens in, you know, when you play through a deck of cards, you have to, you remember which suits are getting depleted and what cards are in people's hands. So I imagine those people who have that brain are the exact people who would then also remember they (laughs) shuffled a card to the left Mm. and then they played that card because I remember at that point in the game, I was hyper aware of the exact state of the deck. (laughs) So your opponent is the exact person who's, or a really attentive spectator also at that tournament is the exact brain that is going to go, Wait a minute. Yeah. That one other weird thing happened. Just one more additional detail to remember on top of the state of 52 pieces of paper that I'm remembering at all times mm-hmm. over the course of this. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. It's crazy. So if you want to read that whole thing, it's uh, it, was, it was published by The New Yorker. And uh, the name of the piece is Dirty Hands, A Cheating Scandal in the World of Professional Bridge. Dirty Hands. Yeah. It's, it's really good. Dirty Hands, an Idle Thumbs podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, two... Two hilarious quaint games with big scandals. I love it. Here on Idle Thumbs. Um, let's see here. Uh, Ron Crawford writes, Problems with Mist. Hey, Thumbs. I realize that this discussion is a couple months old, but I'm a bit behind and I listen to your enthusiasm for The Witness's impending release. I'm now eagerly awaiting the episode where I hear what you think about the game. During the talk, Chris, like many others, brought up comparisons to Mist. Like Chris, I grew up playing Mist and loved the world atmosphere and general feeling of solitude and isolation the world intentionally placed on the player. I still look fondly on the series, and it wasn't until listening to recent episodes of Idle Thumbs that the game actually sounds pretty critically reviled in recent years. I was hoping you guys could enlighten me as to what exactly the problems are with Mist in the critic and design community that I, as an average consumer, may have overlooked. Thanks. Keep up the good work, Ron. I feel like Mist. I think we talked about this in brief, actually, when the witness was was uh, yeah new. But it feels like Mist was actually not is is held in pretty high esteem now compared to when it came out. And I think it's because when it came out, a lot of game critics well, it depends who was doing the esteem sort of sure. I, I remember Mist. The negative things said about Mist at the time of its release were especially, I think, from 
PC gaming writers who were steeped in the world of Sierra and LucasArts adventure games and who saw Myst as taking all the things out of it that they liked and it just being a sort of weird, sterile thing with no point. That was the like the criticism that I remember at the time, at least. Like, it's just puzzles. It's just nonsense. Um, and it feels like Myst... The more positive things being written about Myst at this point are people that take Myst on its own terms and don't <clears throat> look at it through the lens of like third person graphic adventure games. That's I don't know if that's actual well, or not. There was that, yeah. Like people like Mist is not an adventure game. Every the first letter of all of those words capitalized seems like the biggest like contingent of Mist of anti-Mist people on the internet. I mean, at least it was if you were part of the adventure game community, but I think you still see like more broadly like, than that. People yeah. in like the rock paper shotgun UK journalism scene still have that attitude a lot. Yeah, that's probably true. But I think there's something broader, which is that both the mist style puzzle adventure or sort of puzzle dominant adventure, and then the LucasArts and Sierra style graphic story led adventure with puzzles in it. Uh, I think both of those have had sort of over the last couple decades an implicit like critical devaluation um, by way of just sort of contributing the things that were unique about them to other genres while those genres themselves basically disappeared entirely. Mm -hmm. So like LucasArts and Sierra Adventures contributed a sort of storytelling first, well, along with the text adventures that preceded them, contributed a kind of storytelling first mentality that um, actually kind of went away for a while and then in recent years has come back. And then the Mist style adventure, I think the th- that that legacy was more you are alone in a, an, a, a strange evocative world that also kind of lost favor in the sort of rise of action games in the late 90s. And now that is kind of coming back in a totally different form yeah. in the sort of weird walking genre or walking simulator genre, which does, which dispenses with puzzles almost entirely and is entirely about like just you in the middle of like a, yep. And it's my, my, a certain yeah. one, one thing that you saying that just reminded me of is if you look back at sort of Lucas Sierra, uh, like I guess Westwood and other places like that style of like King's quest and maniac mansion follow-ups. And you look at mist, those both are also just two really thick branches off the trunk of old text adventures. Oh, yeah, they just sure. they just immediately started to sort of tear it in half and go in those two different directions. Yeah, but that's actually a really good point. I never thought about it that way, but Mist is definitely the inheritor of the like Zork style. Yeah. You are standing in Mist front. Is go north, go, go west. No- yeah, go, it's a, yeah. it's a, sl- a slideshow where you're at a node and then you can turn <clears throat> four cardinal directions and go those directions yeah. and then you're in a new static space that has its own visual in- instead of text description. But like and you then, navigate Mist like you navigate right. a, a Zork. And then the uh, and then the LucasArts and Sierra, etc. adventures, the thing that they inherited was the wacky item combinations, the dialogue components. Yeah, carrying yeah, a bunch a really of stuff around on your person yeah, and then sort of yeah. in, engaging with NPCs and mm-hmm. the story part. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, that's, it's probably self-evident, but I don't, I've, I've no, never I talked it, about I, it on a podcast. I, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know what these sort of 
critical evaluation curve has been. But to the my my, to, I don't know, my, my general feeling on it is I don't know it's, not, it's probably pretty reductive, but like I can remember the point in, at, at which in my brain mist became not cool. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, that's also true. Yeah. I can remember it just more like because I didn't have the adventure game lens. Like I didn't get onto adventure games until probably around 97, 98. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was more just oh, mist is this game that I'm playing and I don't know what games are, and then. Like a year later, maybe. Oh, that's not cool anymore. I'm playing Doom, but my mom's playing Mist. Yeah, Ugh, Mist being right? a game. Oh man, that's a, a that stupid that, like, game. My mom well, this, plays this it. Is and why it's why boring. Parents it's play even... it. It was like a big on Max. Yeah, like, yeah. It just oh Max. Ooh. But see, that's why I don't <laughs> think that it's. That's why I don't think that the yeah. like reaction of the adventure game community in 1994 or whatever is very useful because I think right. the way most people. Um, I think it was very general. Mist was like yeah. as a phenomenon. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it was like oh, this multi-million selling. Yeah, yeah. it's the most. It's the highest yeah, I'm, selling well, I'm not saying, PC I'm not game of all time. I'm not saying it was necessarily useful or anything, but I feel like among oh no, it's interesting. Various among various gamers of that era, which included adventure gamers, mm-hmm. the fact that Mist was a crazy phenomenon, but was just clicking on things or whatever. I it would was, love I, to go back and read. Yeah, contemporary like reviews of Mist from publications like and PC like Gamer, back of the magazine World, think pieces Edge. about mist and stuff you know, yeah yeah i like, would love to read that now from yeah. those years it, fe- it or like it feels group like, discussions about yeah it. it feels like a game that had an immediate backlash and sort of like had a back and forth echo chamber against its mass market success in the face of but i bet it also things. had total champions too oh yeah I, for I'm sure, sure. Yeah. yeah i'm sure yeah. um it, it feels like Potentially, like what you were saying with with the rise of walking simulators and the rise of Telltale games and whatever else, coupled with indie games, a lot of indie games being about, I mean, indie games continue to be about stripping a bunch of, you know, stripping away a lot of the the games built out of a million parts, Mm -hmm. like against the Ubisoft things. It feels like part of the reason you can look back at mist really fondly right now is because games that are literally like what mist were are more in vogue than they were for a while like yeah. just this is a game where you just do a thing mm-hmm. like a game where you just do one or two things is is a thing that people like again right now that's true um as opposed to why you know why aren't there 15 other things that i'm doing in mist why am i not also talking to people why am i not also solving a huge mystery why right, right. you know why aren't i crafting why am i not <laughs> gross yeah cyan worlds is uh bringing a new game out. oh yeah do, do any of you know about this abduction i didn't know about it until a couple of days ago when i cool. saw like, like just, i mean just visually. a trailer yeah yeah abduction i've, I've known about it because i backed their kickstarter i think but i the more i see of it the happier i am because it feels very much it's it's the kind of game from a company like this that i like to see where you you know, it, it does not look exactly like Mist, but it very much looks like a game from the hands that created Mist. Mm, where right. like it's not it doesn't look like it's literally attempting to be another Mist where like it has residential neighborhoods or like it has like a, a house in it that is very clearly a house from Earth, but it still also has weird palettes and strange geological structures and stuff. Like I'm I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Uh, there was an artist from The Witness worked on both The Witness, or obviously The Witness, and also that game, which is really cool. That, yeah. Um, because The Witness is definitely one of the more explicit and The Witness is the, like, we're bringing back Miss Successors game. of, yeah. yeah. But with a totally different mentality to its actual puzzle design. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, cool. Um, that's That feels like a podcast to me. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Idle Thumbs. You can also send us email, uh, 
at questions at idlethumbs.net. Uh, we love your email. I read a ton of it, even the stuff that I don't um, end up having time to read on the podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Idle Thumbs. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash Idle Thumbs. And we have all kinds of other podcasts as well, including uh, Idle Weekend, which was mentioned by one of the readers in an email this week. That is Rob Zachney and Danielle Riendo talking about games, game culture, also a lot of television, films, books, other stuff they've they've been enjoying. Um, it's really, really good. It's got it's a very different vibe than this podcast, which is cool. You can find that at idleweekend.net. And uh, the Idle Book Club has been relaunched. We just by the time this you hear this, we should have put out our most recent episode about Kazuo Ishiguro's uh, Never Let Me Go. Um, next month, we will be reading um, Celeste Ng's novel, Everything I Never Told You. I believe I'm remembering that title correctly. So yeah, you can find that at idlebookclub.com. And all the rest of our shows are at idlethumbs.net slash shows. Oh, Chris, congrats on marrying the other host of the Idle Book oh, yeah. Club. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, well, what a get. Yeah. Weird coincidence. Sean Vanneman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean the host of Idle Book Club season two. Yep. Sarah Argadale. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Cool. Well, thanks for listening to this podcast. Um, if you liked us, consider reviewing us on iTunes and uh, telling a friend. That would be great. And check out our other shows. And we'll talk to you next week. See ya. Bye. Goodbye. Let's just describe the Nick Brecken Museum as if we're browsing (laughs) it on our phones as this week's Squarespace ad. (laughs)